that mean you need to clap again? Yeah, I just need to clap again. Yeah, yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. All good. Um, yeah, I'm recording now. Yeah, I was recording before. Um, just, um, oh, I think you're. Hello? Uh, you've just hung up on me. <laughs> okay. It's like we're really experienced uh, podcasters. Fucking answer my call. I'm going to have to edit all of this out. <laughs> this First of all, right, that was my fault. Oh. Second of all, why won't you <laughs> pick up so my bad. fucking calls? Why has it always got to be, I'm phoning you? Because it wasn't coming up on my phone. It was only coming up on my iPad. And why do you think I'm phoning you? Because the same thing was happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to clap again for like the 23rd time? <laughs> Oh, oh no, God. I did it again! What is going on? I don't know. I think it's because my um I'm on my iPad mini. It's because you're unemployed for two days, it's right? Because I'm unemployed. Right, I'm gonna press this button now. Right, you've got no, that's so I can't okay. see you. Now okay, I'm, I'm gonna press my I think maybe wait, 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 hang on. Yeah. Okay, are you gonna clap? I'm gonna pull yeah, yeah. out the it... plug. See, but does this cause it to No, okay. Five, five, five four, three, two, one. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. We could uh, have an entire episode that's just this. Um, I think that would really test the uh, commitment of our um, seven listeners. It really would. Also, um, my that phone call was coming through to my watch, and my watch is not on my wrist, it's in the other room, and Bob was going, what's that noise? Why is that noise making that noise? It's because Simon won't pick up my fucking wire. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I know. I was, I, do you know what happens when I'm unemployed? I get very angry. <laughs> do you? Do you? So lucky this um, period of unemployment is only going to be two days. I know. I know. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, we've got to. I mean, it is the elephant in the room, really, isn't it? You're, um, you're mm. finished. You're in between jobs. Again. I'm in between jobs. Again. This time for only a brief 48-hour window. Um, I feel... Um, it's ever so strange. What's the it there? Which part? It is the sensation of being... It feels... Oh. There was a relative amount of fanfare in the sense that we went out for a meal um, on Thursday night, which was the eve of my last day. And then on my last day, I was like doing lots of vivas and marking and making sure that as much as it I possibly could. It did sound like you were singing away. Christmas carols, you know, three lovely vivas, two, da da da. Uh, yeah, that's did, what it um, felt like. Except, actually, you know, it felt more like um, it felt more like I was trying desperately to paper over the cracks in a dam, because you know, there's that sense of <laughs> well, work is. Working in, in any kind of organisation is ongoing, isn't it? Yes. I guess well, so. you you never finish it. You might finish 
tasks but you don't finish you know the the work is never done anyway so so I was just like running around all day yesterday and I left and my colleagues said goodbye and it was lovely and touching but also there was a sense that it was the same people that I say goodbye to most times that I leave I suppose it it felt uh, it felt final but it also felt exactly like any other Friday that I leave well, yes, so but, that weird oh, thing. I see what you mean. As opposed to as opposed to exactly all the other the jobs you've left, it's different. Yes, I think the other jobs have felt weirdly more final. Hmm. So it's odd. So it feels a bit odd. You must be getting a really fantastic uh, collection of um, cufflinks uh, <laughs> or I'm, handkerchiefs. I'm or... really delighted to say that um, the, the gifts I get are often consumable, which is delightful. Hmm. I got a lovely bottle of wine, um, or living. I got a lovely plant, mm. or um, and then some some really nice uh, things uh, things for the wall and things like that. But um, I could have got you some I, rocket, and you could have had edible plants, consumable yeah, that, plants. That would have been lovely as well. But I, I'm very grateful for the plant I did get. Uh, it was given to us, given to us, as in me and Bob, by um, by a VFL. Really. VFL mm-hmm. is that very like... faithful? Listener. Oh, I was thinking it was some um, like pro vice chancellor PVC or I'm not good with acronyms. I'm not good with acronyms. I always find PVC such an odd acronym. Does it not make you just think of like somebody in squeaky clothes when you hear <laughs> PVC? It does actually. Now that I think, I don't about want to know what you do at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a film in which someone's wearing really tight leather pants and there's a sort of a sound that they make as they're walking. I know there's a film. You probably know who started it and who directed it. You won't have seen the first season of American Horror Story, colon, Murder House, because it's too scary for you. But there is famously throughout um, a a man in a gimp suit. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Who is both squeaky? Show title. There and... is famously throughout a man in a gimp suit, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's um, ooh, he's upsetting, but squeaky too. He's like Halloumi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find Halloumi upsetting. I don't know why I said that. I um, Sorry, I haven't had Halloumi in a long time. Um, oh. Yeah, but uh, let's not get let's not get down the let's not go down the cheese road. Um, Have you become vegan? <laughs> No, no. Let's not go down the. T- no, it's just I don't tend to. Um, we we are pretty. You know, we've talked about this before. Will and I are pretty big on not buying food that comes in packaging. Yes, and halloumi is nearly always in packaging. It's it's uh, nigh impossible. By nearly, I mean always. always. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen yeah. gone to a store where they have like big chunks of halloumi that they cut off and put into a. Uh, yeah, into certainly a not in the UK. It. No, I mean, imagine, I imagine in Cyprus. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess they're just like throwing it through your window. Yes, I do. I remember going to Cyprus for some diving, and I remember. Um, I thought you were going to say for some halloumi. And uh, well, it might as well have been. I think uh, I, I ate my at least twice my body weight in halloumi. It was quite extraordinary. Um, How do you feel about um, feta? Uh, I mean, not kind of globally and plasticky, <laughs> as in because that similarly comes in like packaging, the taste. But, yeah, are you are you a feta man? I I love or feta. a feta fan. I'm a feta fan. I tend to like those kinds of those fresh cheeses like that. Queijo fresco, as they call it in Portugal. What do they call it? Queijo fresco, fresh that, cheese. All right, and it's a type of uh, very very light, very fresh cheese. There's a factory. 
I say a factory. It's a shed just down the road from my mum and dad where you will you swing in and buy your queijo fresco mm. you know, uh, in a bag um, I, or take a bowl with you. I've made, you know, I've made ricotta, ricotta quite a bit, right? I like how you then just, you just... I had to create myself. You clawed the word back from your anglicised mouth. I and did. Went, I must remember to say it like I can. Well, it's also because I've just come out of this bloody, you know, a lesson, really, where, you know, it's, it's a conversation in which she, her name is Pamela, um, is... Pamela. Pamela. As in Pamela Pamela, Anderson. uh, 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 uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's how she described it to me the first time we met. I really love that. (laughs) I did laugh because it didn't didn't help at all. I was like, that's Pamela. What are you talking about? And um, I still haven't quite plucked up the courage to call her Pam because it wouldn't be Pam. It would be Pam. And it just doesn't sound right at all. but she's very strict on um, correcting me. So it's it's very hard to get through a sentence without being corrected like four times. Um, mm. And there are times when, no, actually it doesn't frustrate me at all now because I'm very used to um, not being able to say a sentence uh, yeah. without, without cocking it up, cocking up yeah. some kind of gender agreement or yeah. a plural agreement or, I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's, fiendishly difficult. <laughs> Your sentences will be quite complicated, though, won't they? Yes, yeah, so there's conditionals and hypotheticals, mm. and yeah, 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 for sure. But still, um, I... I um, I'm just I'm just saying I this butcher, to, to... I butcher yeah, the language. Yeah, 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 but, but I, just, I just want you to feel proud of what you've achieved. Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to be hard on myself. No, I'm okay, not, not for a second. Good. I'm not going, oh, my God, okay. I'm so bad at this. Because that's um, my job when I'm talking about my, my Portuguese skills. Oh, I, my thought, I thought that was so your bad. job to be really hard on me. And to oh, bring... <laughs> no, Simon, I hope that, that's not what you think. It's not. Actually, it's not. I mean, not, I, never, I never want you to feel that way. Certainly not in earshot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, oh. I can't remember what I was telling, but uh, so it, we were talking about ricotta. <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm it. just, um, but I'm used to that kind of. It's a little bit like I remember um, dancing in a dance company in New Zealand. Um, it was the mm-hmm. Douglas Wright Dance Company. For any listeners who know about dance in New Zealand, that that will they will everyone they'll all be smiling right now. Yeah, and Douglas Wright was he was he's no longer alive, but he was. He's difficult to work with, it's fair to say. But he was also like the reason I started dancing. Meaning wow. and so and so to, to 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 get into the company, to be asked to be in the company was a big deal for me. It was like, you know, if you're a rugby player, you go, I'm in the All Blacks now. That's a sports you got that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah, yeah. yeah. The jumper. They've got the, the jump. jumper with the, the the little white leaf on it. <laughs> That'll do. And uh he was uh, he was it was very very difficult. It was a very difficult process, and it was clear that I wasn't. I was on the you say the edge of the company. You know, I was not. Um, I was a full member, but I was not. Um, you you were not being given all the solo. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I was a bit player. That's how I remember it. But anyway, he he was pretty he was pretty hard on notes. Like he'd give a lot of notes, and um, he'd give so many notes that you, you'd be dancing. And we used to joke about it and you'd, we'd, we'd joke about how many, about registering when we'd be getting notes, meaning you'd be dancing going, I bet I, bet I get a note for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even to the point where, for example, it even happened where 
you'd be doing in performances and you'd see a torch go on in the theatre in order oh. to write down the note. I kid you not. And we used to have a we used to have we basically have a running count of who'd get the most notes. And it was like it became funny, but also at the same time, it was like a kind of self conscious. Can you imagine when you're dancing and being so self conscious? I mean, how could you possibly dance well? Off. I mean, for me, I'm not going to talk about the others. How could I possibly yeah. dance well if I was so preoccupied about making mistakes? Yeah, I. That's curious because obviously you've been a tennis coach. You've been coached by tennis coaches you've you know you, you've you've had that experience in relationship to sports is it different in something which is an interpretive art practice uh how, how do you mean do you mean that well you, you mean there are you, not things that are right and wrong that the outcomes no are not so... no, no 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 well i guess um, i guess you are being coached in tennis to be the best possible player yeah improve this improve that yeah yeah but once you get past technique in dance, there is a level of subjectivity. I like what you are doing. I don't like what you are doing. You are not responding to my choreography the way I want you to respond to it. There isn't a, you know, it's... It, yes, I'm in a, the service of. Yeah, but there's a complexity to right or wrong in, in, a, in an art form like that. It's like if you get a note from a director. If you get a line reading from a director, it's kind of like, well, okay, that's good. I understand why you want to deliver that that text in that way, but that might not necessarily be <laughs> resonating in the way that I might want to deliver that text in how I'm interpreting the character. So there's a there's the space. So I'm just kind of thinking, how, is that is that why it is different? Because you had more ownership of dance? Was it different because you, or or is it not different? I'm just curious because I I haven't had those two um, wildly different but incredibly similar hmm. critiques laid on the same body. Yeah. I think there's um I think in the dance context you know often if you're doing things in on on mass meaning the, the the whole company would be doing something in unison if someone's doing something different you stick out yeah so so that's uh that's we know we want you to do more like that so you're less visible yeah. <laughs> you might gotcha. you might say yeah. the the idea is of being you know being in unison um or being together or whatever you want to say um uh, but then there was also strange things where you know I don't want to bag on Douglas too much because you know he's he's dead. Also he was amazing, and I don't you know. But um, he was he'd also sit in the in the front at the center in the studio, a position yeah. that no audience member would ever see, sit, and he would ask you to move just a bit to the left, and you'd go a bit to the left. He goes, oh no, that's too much, and you go back a little bit to the left. Like we're talking inches here, and so that's. Mm. That, so that's a kind of, like for me, an inability to imagine that there are other perspectives on this dance, on this performance. And um, I didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy it, just just to be clear. Um, I, oh, well, I'm very, I'm very excited. What? No, I was, I, was, I was just breathing out rhythmically. I wasn't actually laughing. I'm so sorry. It sounded like a laugh, but I was just going. It sounded like a snigger. No, I was just breathing out rhythmically. Sometimes I do that just because I like to pump my diaphragm. Let's not talk too much about my fondness for breath. Is um and so are you excited about Monday? Yes, I'm terribly excited. Uh thank thank you, Agatha. Um, which I had sent to me this week. 
um, a, a Rebecca Vardy thing about Peter Andre's chipolata penis. So I had I have no idea about. Um, I know that there's this court case going on, and it just breaks my heart uh, in so many different ways. Uh, and so I all I keep doing is I actually I've had an interesting week in the sense I've been reading a lot of Thich Nhat Han recently. And, oh, lovely! Uh, yeah, and he's got a book called Teachings on Love, which um, I so recommend it. But it's um, it's really just from the perspective of one's capacity to see oneself in others, in all things, and it's such a simple idea. But I've really had an interesting week when I've um, effectively practicing when I've dropped into judgment, which of course happens all the time. You know, you just uh, for, uh, for me, it's just because. People, someone driving a big car just instantly makes me um, go into um, dickhead thinking. Clarify, you, your thinking is dickhead-like or you think they are a dickhead? I think they are a dickhead. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I go. It's pretty. That's that's quite uh, quite a reflex for me. Um, um what's the? I'm so, I'm just trying to work out because obviously we live in such different places. When you say a big car, do you mean like a a four by four, that kind of a big car? Well, they're really you would say yeah, yeah, definitely, but certainly even because SUVs have got bigger and bigger. The the proportion of Land Rovers in this part of um part of London is pretty, it's pretty high. Like there's a lot right. of and a lot of there's a lot of Teslas, which of course are not um, SUVs, but so it's a wealthy. Like in terms of the cars that people are driving, it's a it's a wealthy wealthy part of the world, no question. The streets in this country are incredibly yeah. small. There's an enormous quantity of traffic on them. So much of what we do, the extraordinary resources that are taken um, from the planet in order to build a single car. Most of which I think I forget the data, but the the the, the time that cars are spent in use is incredibly small. Like it's like 20% of their lifetimes is spent actually in use. Mostly they sit, right? So these resources, are, a huge quantity of resources are plucked from the ground and stuck into something that's hardly ever used. And so it really, that in as my um, as teenagers would say these days, it really triggers me. And so it's been really interesting just to see myself in those people. And just to practice every time I've been doing it all week, it's been such a pleasure just to see myself. And so there's little judgments as I feel them to go is to see myself in that person and to see there all those. And I, I, it's um, I don't I don't mean it in any saintly way, but it's really humbling. It's so humbling. It's so humbling. And so when I think of Rebecca, Rebecca Vardy and um, I don't know, Ms. Rooney's... Um, Colleen. Colleen, thank you. Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney. When I think of them, I, um, I just feel sadness and I, I see myself in, in, in their desire to be seen, to be not be, to be known, to all the things that, uh, that they're caught up in, you know, to be recognised. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's slightly um, strange to hear, I don't know. No, it's it's it, it's interesting to hear. I've not been following either. A, a, a listener sent um, a link to me saying this is interesting in light of the penis conversation you had the other week. And this was about the chipola. It was about yeah. It was about the the accusation of um, Peter Andre's genitals being the size of a chipolata. Um, and, and so Peter Andre's got something to do with this court case. I think at some point Peter Andre must have had sex with uh, Rebecca Vardy. Right. 
I, I, I didn't really, I didn't. We should be careful. She, she, we don't want to defame her. That's for sure. No. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I'm also. I want Peter Andre to know that I'm. I'm. In, I don't have any special knowledge of his genitals. Um, this one so goes I out am, to you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's really that's clickbait, isn't it? It really is. But yeah. I think the the point that the reason it was sent to us was about that idea that once again the size of an appendage being used as um as as a lever for cruelty oh it's horrible it's so so horrible it's just god the... it didn't sound particularly weird uh you kind of getting to a more buddhist way of being and trying to sit with non-judgment i, I think partly just because i'm i think of myself as a really judgmental person you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's always a, it's such a weird thing to say in the sense of how do we know how judgmental we are compared with other people? You know, uh, <laughs> because judgments are not just the things we utter, right? Given that I think that of myself, it's um, mm. it's been really, uh, I don't know. It just feels softer. It feels softer mm. in the world, and I mm. don't think as a you know, if we if, if if one thing we talk about a lot is about the kind of uh, sort of experiences of and the nature of masculinity, and I, I, I suspect that the softer men are, I have a feeling the the better things might mm. be. <laughs> mm. I had a lovely exchange last night with um with a um a quite drunk. He I'm trying to he wasn't a teenager, so I guess he was in his early twenties. Yeah, young man. Yeah. I had a conversation with a quite drunk young man. And he was standing outside of the local supermarket with a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Um, and he was wearing all of the external trappings of uh, ruffian, rapscallion and layabout. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he was all the things that one would cross the road to avoid. This is in really big inverted commas when I say yeah. one yeah, would. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, of course, he had a, a dangerous dog. You know, he had he a Staffordshire Bull the, Terrier. The most. Yeah. 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 So he, so he signifier was of danger. Yeah. He was conforming to all of those um, yeah. triggers that the nice <laughs> middle classes have about the, the white working classes in the UK. Yeah. I um, share them. Just to, Just want to put my hand up. I share them. <laughs> well <laughs> not proud of them um, but i share them anyway bob was going in to buy um <laughs> some um uh some potting soil for a plant that we've been given that needed to be potted on hmm. so she just popped in to and this was like just quarter to ten at night obviously this is when you do your gardening i'd uh, not long come home from work um and it was i love that's the clear. first thing you thought to do that you thought oh, we must get some potting mix now <laughs> Well, I needed to walk. You know, I'd been in a car for four and a half hours. I needed to stretch my legs, and and Jeffy was excited because I was home, and yeah. we were just like, "Oh, let's let's just wander down and and get that sorted now." So Bob went in, and and me and Jeff gravitated towards the you know where 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 husbands and wives leave their dogs <laughs> with usually with a person <laughs> attached to them. So you get a little crowd of people standing outside of the supermarket, and this guy was there in in the in the in the dog waiting area, um, and. And it, he clocked me straight away, and I could immediately see him wanting to talk, hmm. um, which isn't massively unusual for people with dogs. Yeah. And so I smiled, and he went, oh, "I just want you to know, she's 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 not aggressive." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, oh. Uh, that's 
I didn't I didn't think she was. She um she looks really beautiful. So she could she say hello to could she say hello to your dog? Oh. Yeah, of course. So we, so Jeff and and me went over to talk to uh, this young dog was called Shadow. I don't know the gentleman's name, um, and, and it was so funny because the first thing he said Describing was Dennis. Oh. Let's call him Dennis. He didn't look like a Dennis, yeah. but okay, <laughs> let's call him a Dennis. Dennis and Shadow. Jen, Dennis and Shadow, and he went, oh, I've, um, I, I've always wanted a, a, a Dalmatian. I, I, I think I might get one when I grow. And then he just caught himself because oh. he, was, he was clear he was going to say when I grow up. up. And so there was that moment where he caught himself in a moment of recognizing himself as still quite young, but also older than somebody who can say when I grow that up. That is so beautiful, Dennis. Oh. It, it was it was lovely, and and uh, um, and I was saying, oh, they're they're quite funny dogs, and uh, but you know they're they're nice. But my wife's family has always had staffies. They're such beautiful. Oh, but people think they're so aggressive. I said, well, there's no such thing as an aggressive dog. It's about how they've been socialised. In fact, a recent study just came out saying exactly that. Really? But, um, you know, it, yeah. There's no uh, one breed is not more aggressive than another by you know there's not like baked into their dna aggression it is absolutely about how that dog is socialized and trained so that you know a, a, a rottweiler or a pitbull is no more fundamentally aggressive than a golden retriever this is, this is basically this is the you can't tell a book by its cover episode isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i guess it it is yeah <laughs> so we we were just we we were having we were having a chat um and jeff was doing that thing that jeff does which is to effectively ignore everything around him when Bob goes inside of a shop and he just points himself towards the exit and, and, and he's in this state of yeah. high um, yeah. alert, waiting to see the most important human in his life return. Yeah. And we were laughing about the fact that, um, that Jeff wasn't really paying attention to Shadow and Shadow was climbing up and, and like licking his face. And Jeff was just like, yes, that's very nice, Shadow. You can continue to lick my face, but I have to continue <laughs> to face the door. Doesn't he because... know about... Anyway, you know, he he's, no, he's, he's not interested. He's just like, yeah. when is Bob coming home? Yeah. When is Bob coming home? Yeah. So he's got this like focus going on and, and Shadow's being all adorable and lovely. And I said, I often find myself standing outside waiting for my lady. And he said, oh, one day I hope I'm standing outside of a supermarket waiting for my lady. Oh, <laughs> And then he said, but I'm not waiting for my lady. It's just my friend. And I misunderstood because I thought what he meant was that there was a lady inside of the shop who was his friend, but not his lady. And one day he would like to, to kind of for her, develop. For her to be know. his lady. Exactly. And I went, well, you never know. If you're lucky, one day the relationship might develop. And he went, <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, I don't really swing that way. But, I mean, he... <laughs> and then he went... But he's really, really nice. Oh, oh, oh. This conversation I, is brilliant. And then I said, well, you never know. One day you might just fall in love with him anyway. And <laughs> he says, really? That's what you said? Yeah. <laughs> and he went, yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> and and I, I caught myself on just kind of going, well, this is... Had we not had the dogs yeah. as a moment of contact, because if I hadn't had J- Jeff with me and I'd just been standing outside, no way, there's absolutely no way I would have had a conversation with him, and he wouldn't have had a conversation with me because there would have, you know. So I'm I'm not being too judgmental there about myself being, you know, resistant. My heart is is swelling for young Dennis, um, <laughs> but um, for and particularly for when he grows up.
big shout out to Shadow. Oh. It's great to actually uh, talk of a different dog on this podcast. I think uh, apparently we've, I've had a few complaints from listeners that there's too much talk of Jeffrey. I don't think I ha- you have. I haven't. That's true. I just made that up as well. Yeah. So you just said that because you wanted you wanted to be a little bit judgmental. You went for a cheap gag at the expense of an innocent creature who has done nothing to you. Unlike William, who once bit your head when you were fighting with him. That does. Um, that seems like a really good place to finish. Actually. <laughs> 